Hello and welcome to episode nine from series two of George and Charlie off the bridal. It's December, it's dark and cold most of the time, so why not settle down with a hot cup of something as George Scott, Charlie Fellows and myself reflect on the challenging year that was 2020 and look forward to brighter days ahead. I'm Tony Rushmer, and I'm joined as always by my two favourite racehorse trainers, got to say that, haven't I? George Scott and Charlie Fellows. This is our final episode of the year, and it's supported as always by our great friends at Fitstairs. Seasonal greetings, chaps. Uh, How are we both? Very good, very good, thanks. Are you actually very good? Hold on, that's a barefaced lie. Let's get, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's open up this can of worms now, Georgie. We know Christmas has come. And we know you've got twins around the corner. So let's all be honest. How are we feeling today, George? Well, I'm not feeling my best. I have to admit, I did slip my collar. We've had, obviously, lots of scans and lots of... We've been very quiet over the last few weeks in preparation for the twins arriving imminently, fingers crossed. So I did slip my collar and ended up going to London yesterday with a few friends. You couldn't come. You wouldn't come. No, I'm whipped, I'm afraid. Sadly, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm under the thumb, big time. Although it was an early, early finish, I, um, I'm not in, I haven't been in training as such, so I'm feeling it today, I'm not going to lie. But good fun, nonetheless. And Charlie, everything all right with you apart from your football team? Yeah, there we go, Tony. It didn't take you long to turp up, did it? No, I'm quite right. Football team uh, not doing great. Good old Norwich. Well done, Tony. They beat us in the middle of the week. Look at Tony's face. He's like so happy. It's so boring. God. Charlie, maybe they should bring, you know, because Lee Westwood talked about coming down as a motivational speaker. Like, no, you know, you love, you love the chat. Maybe you should go and spill them a few lines with Lee. What two two sort of famous famous sporting heroes go go back to their football club and and uh, try and inspire the team uh, to 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 pull their finger out? Yeah, good idea that George. How's your sponsor? How's how's um, our mate? He came down the other night. Actually, um, he came down. We had a we had a business meeting in the Bedford Lodge. I actually woke up with a little bit of a tingle uh, the next morning, but it was a very very fun evening, and we watched his horse gallop the next day which he's excited about you should explain who you know explain about the sponsorship so it sound like we're randomly waxing on but he sponsored yes so he sponsors not only does he sponsor my yard this is joe soyser not only does he sponsor my yard with his company uk meds had an extraordinary year i guess good good time to set up an online medical company but they also sponsor Nottingham Forest as well. And when there's not a global pandemic on, we get to go to the football quite often, which is lovely. Uh, sadly, this year, that hasn't happened right now, which is great. It was interesting the other day, I went to Kempton and it really, really, really hit home how much we have missed having people at the races because I haven't seen so many people at Kempton in years. I mean, even before the pandemic, uh, and yet, because suddenly people were allowed to go, there was a nice big crowd there. There was cheering for the at the finish, and it was great. It was lovely to see people back at a racetrack, and there's now people at football matches as well, which is great. So, oh, it could be a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, after a hard year for everyone. 
Okay, so that's the boys' updates done. In this episode, we'll be drilling down on how Fellows and Scott have done this season. I've also spoken to our sponsor, Fitstairs Chief Exec, Will Woodhams. A bit of an exclusive from him. And I'll be asking the boys to give us an all-weather horse to follow. Plus the two-year-old, they're most looking forward to training in 2021. Charlie, let's start with what a crazy year it has been. You just touched on it earlier in the episode there about fans returning, race goers coming back to the track. Obviously, racing was locked down for a couple of months in the spring. But how do you assess the way the sport has managed to continue in this most difficult of years through a pandemic? Well, I think I think um, I think in general we can hold our heads uh, very high. Um, I think uh, against um, all odds we've managed to keep on racing. I think we've done it responsibly. I think we've done it. Um, uh, I think we've done it very successfully. And yes, um, you know, there is a good argument that possibly there are tougher times ahead. Uh, I just think that the way that we've managed to um, cope with this year has been quite remarkable. And a lot of people need to take a huge amount of credit for that because, um, you know, whilst other sports have not been able to go, go ahead, um, you know, we only missed, well, we, we missed two months at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, but otherwise we've carried on. Uh, despite everything. And, and most importantly, we've carried on in, in a way that hasn't put anyone's health or safety in jeopardy. Uh, and I think we've come out with um, you know, with a sort of glowing report, really. And there's definitely going to be tougher times ahead. I don't know how George found it, selling yearlings or buying yearlings much harder than normal uh, this year and trying to persuade people that buying a racehorse uh, was a good idea. It was very, very, very tough this sales period. And so I think possibly next year uh, it is going to be tough um, for a few of us. Um, but yeah, I think we can look back on this year with an immense amount of pride. Um, and I think we've coped pretty, pretty outstandingly, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I think um, one thing I would say about the pandemic and the realisation of how much people really love this sport the, the reason that why owners put the money in and you know when it's been taken away from them I think a lot of them and ourselves included have just come to appreciate you know how exciting it is owning a racehorse um I mean there's two big arguments are there the other one is the prize money and, and that's something we might just touch on a little later but take that out of the equation and although it, it you know it has it's definitely been harder to sell yearlings this year I I can't see it I still think there's going to be that appetite. I don't think it's, you know, um, I think obviously there's not quite so much loose change around um, for people to buy horses. But, I, you know, I really think that um, there's been a lot of positives come out of it. And if we can just look at a few individual highlights, um, Charlie, incredible Royal Ascot, two winners this year to follow up your first one in 2019. And we can't go an annual review without sort of reflecting on good old Prince of Aaron's annual exploits so your thoughts on 2020 at the track uh delighted we've we've surpassed our winners total of last year despite losing two months which i think is a remarkable achievement our prize money we've broken the million pound mark globally again which again is an amazing achievement and we had two royal ascot winners so i'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved this year it's just frustrating that i don't feel like 
the success we've had on the track has been reflected in our numbers for next year. I know a lot more horses will probably come out of the woodwork between now and then. Um, but I, I feel like uh, at the moment, my uh, my yearly numbers are, are looking like being down. And that's despite being sort of 20 places higher in the trainer's table and having had an, you know, an outstanding year again. And we were a bit unlucky in the Melbourne Cup and... and it was just a year of May of nearlies again, um, apart from Royal Ascot, which went unbelievably well. And George, your hit horses were hitting the post a bit when racing returned from lockdown, but I think it's fair to say things really came good in terms of winner numbers in late summer, early autumn, when you did start peppering the winner's circle with great run of form September, October time. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, there's no, sh- that, you know, I don't want to sit and sugarcoat it. You know, when we came out of the lockdown period, the horses weren't right. They looked well, they were training good, but they just weren't quite finishing their races out. And it was a really frustrating period, something that everyone goes through. And and I'm not going to lie, at points, it was really, in terms of professionally, it was sort of rock bottom, trying to work out what was going on, investing a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of opinions into it. And, you know, I think what we came to realise, we we have a, um, a respiratory issue in the yard. Um, and it's just prevented the horses from finishing the races. But as the weather changed and we were able to get on top of it, yeah, we 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 really hit the hit the boards well. And the horses, the horses, um, you know, they won their races. And you know, I'm really optimistic about next year actually because just quickly, we we bought um, th- at last last sale season we bought a lot of late maturing types of horses. And then this year, you know, I was sort of looking around where are all these these horses that we bought. And they're only starting to come to themselves now. So I think we're going to have a nice bunch of three-year-olds. And I'm really looking forward to next year on, on many different levels. Your, your spring trim is no more. The winter coat back there, judging by the thatch on your head, Scotty. And I was getting plenty of abuse about it yesterday. They were saying that it was starting to grow back on itself, which is pretty hideous. Um, so I think we, Charlie and I, we could both do it there, couldn't we, really? Anyway, aside from your own respective stables... What are the highlights um, from the world of racing in 2020 that, you know, we'll all be talking about years to come? Will it be Enable, her third King George? Will it be the emergence of love as another outstanding filly from the very top draw? Serpentine's um, front-running derby success or Stradivarius three gold cups? Some memorable moments for you as you sort of look back. George? Well, I, I just think, you know, two or three of those are linked by one man, aren't they? Well, two men, but really Frankie. I think Frankie really, again, is a is the story of the, the the story of the year for racing and has been for so long and we're just so he turns 50 on Tuesday and he's I mean he popped in yesterday on a, he was at lunch yesterday popped in happy as Larry looking forward to another season and you know he's just a remarkable guy and he he, he keeps delivering and keeps um bringing fantastic coverage to the sport and the longer he can continue to ride I think he's just such a highlight uh, for me this year watching him ride Charlie? Yeah, I think that's I think that's unbelievably well put. And add Holly Doyle into that category. I mean, she's just managed to get so much press. She's had such a good year. Um, remarkable, um, remarkable lady. And um, you know, great to see her nominated for a sports personality of the year award. That's a remarkable achievement. And just another feather to her bow. And she's what rode a winner in Hong Kong the other day. And you know, she's she's flying and very nice girl. Horses run for her and she's just, she's done incredibly well. So yeah, I think, I think George is probably right actually to highlight 
maybe people rather than horses. I have a feeling on the racetrack, maybe that's what we've lacked a little bit. Is, the, is there being a star? I suppose love probably is the, is the horse that stands out. But otherwise, you Stradivarius three gold cups, Atash, don't forget him, finally you know, got hit rid of his Ascot hoodoo. Um, yeah, he's a phenomenal sprinter and, and um, I'd love to see him. You know, if he just travelled and behaved himself, you'd love to send him down to Australia and see, see him take on the Aussies down in Australia. Will that ever happen, Charlie? No, because I don't think... The only way that will happen is if they, if they come up here. Um, I think Batash is always... They, they, they don't want to... He's not straightforward to train by the sounds of it. I think he's a real handful. And I think going and travelling him all the way down to Australia, that's why they've never gone to a Breeders' Cup or anything like that, just because I, I think they're they're pretty worried about, about sending him abroad. Um, so, sadly, I don't think that will ever happen. Um, but he's, he, yeah, he's a standout sprinter over here. And um, But I just wonder if we really have lacked... An absolute superstar. I suppose love, for me, love is the only one that fits into that bracket this year. It's been a people's year, hasn't it, 2020? Frankie for the boys and Holly uh, for the girls and fitting that she's been nominated for Sports Personality of the Year. Yes, people to the fore in 2020. Before we kick on with the next section of this podcast with Will Woodhams, just a reminder of how to keep in touch with us. Nearly 30 episodes old now we are, over two series. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. So please do subscribe and you won't ever miss an episode. Also, you can keep up to date with uh, what we're up to by following us on Twitter at Bridal Podcast. Those of you who are regular listeners will know that our podcast has been sponsored for, well, around a year and a half now by Fitstairs Bookmakers. They've been really supportive throughout and very kindly have let us pretty much do our own thing without any hard sell on their behalf. So we thought it would be fitting at this time of the year to give Fitstairs a little more of the front and centre treatment, not least because we're looking to renegotiate for 2021. (laughs) And so I'm very pleased to say I caught up with the company's CEO, Will Woodhams, for his reflections on 2020 and a few other thoughts on racing, bookmaking besides. Will, good morning. Thank you very much for agreeing to be part uh, of our final episode of the year. Hello and welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. good morning, Tony. We're, we're chuffed to have you with us, uh, albeit George and Charlie are actually joining me a bit later because they're currently working. Uh, that's what they call it, training racehorses. Um, how has the year been for Fitstairs? Um, uh, and any thumpings as a result of fellows well, or Scots horses um, suiting up? I'm actually, I'm at the Fitness Club in London, but I'm heading to Paddington now to go over to Cheltenham. And we're very happy because, uh, well, it was very sad. Uh, as you know, Tony, we were sponsoring Huntington and the uh, Peter, the 51st running the Peter for Chase. It, you could water ski at Huntington on Sunday. And the Jockey Club have very kindly moved it to Cheltenham of all um, jumps venues so i'm heading there now and i think that's a fitting end to a great year for fit says we also and i'm just optimizing my bragging rights one racing bookmaker of the year which is a a great honor and i suppose probably the first thing one of the first things i did when i arrived was sponsor this podcast so uh, it's been a wonderful journey for us obviously it's been a tough year for lots of people but it's so good to see racing was back first first before everything uh, in the uk and so i suppose that kind of for me that's the year it's like through adversity 
comes, you know, excitement and enjoyment and brilliance. And uh, I think this podcast personifies it. Very kind of you. And of course, you were back in time for, well, racing was back in time for Royal Ascot, which, yeah, I suppose for for all of us and Fitzstairs, I know, loves its flat racing. How did Royal Ascot go for you? Was it, was it, it wasn't quite the same, was it? Because we weren't there. Um, no. It's such a festival of great racehorses. Did the bookies end up winning that week or did you end up uh, taking, uh, taking? We always, I have to say, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a real tennis match. You get pasted one day, you're up the next. Uh, if you come out, you normally come out with more customers than you went in with. So if you come out evens, you tend to be happy. But I, I do remember a horse that we were quite fans of actually called Sabaska, which is part of a syndicate Kedder Valley thoroughbreds or hot to trot. I can't remember. And, uh, and we were all cheering it on and then it won and it was part of a 200 pound treble that cost us 160 grand. And so that horse cost us not probably all in with a couple of uh, double and treble probably cost us 450 grand. Wow. Uh, and so that was, that was a kick in the, um, yeah. Proverbials. Yes. Proverbials. Uh, uh, um, when that happens, Will, um, I've always wondered, say you're at work, you're on the trading floor or in your office next door to it. And, you know, suddenly you realise that this day could look like, oh, thick end of half a million going, going west. How does everyone... How does everyone respond? And conversely, when you're getting it all your own way, what's the mood like then? Well, there's, there's cheering and then about, a, you hear cheering um, and then about a furlong out. If it goes deathly silent, that's not good. We don't, uh, we don't, um, we celebrate when, um, when our um, bogeys get chinned <laughs> sometimes, which, but we would only do that in private because ultimately we want, we want racing audience to be the winners because that keeps um, keeps us in business. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could cut the atmosphere with a knife. And the problem with both Ascot and Cheltenham is it's it's un, unending. You know, the, you know the Derby and the National are fine. You know, you just watch them. But with with these festivals, it's uh, it's highs and lows. It's like a soap opera every hour um, of the racing. And the worst is you come out of a day at Royal Ascot doing really well, and then some horse you know, hoses up at the all weather <laughs> that evening. <laughs> all your hard work um, has been thrown away. Take, talking about the all weather, um, has um, have, you know, the horse... Oh, you're not going to talk about Charlie Fellows, are you? This, uh, uh, well, this I know that not... that landed a gamble or two when it won at Wolverhampton <laughs> again at not Southall. A... I mean, we're sponsoring it, and but it's not a friend of us. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, I think, I mean, it's one of the best horses George has got. And uh, it just seems to win and win. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually been quite a short favourite. We'll always give best price on uh, Charlie Fellows. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not been cheap for us, but it's lovely to see, um, you know, for us to have a sponsored horse and to be a small part of that. I mean, phenomenal syndicate. And I'm looking forward to... Um, um, having a syndicate horse go out to Australia because that seems to be where Charlie Fellows wins. Yes. Or, indeed, or at least absolutely. comes third. Comes yeah, or, or yeah, finishes in the money for sure. <laughs> in the money, um, I think. So, yeah. The one thing that working with Fitstairs over the last year and a half has shown me is that there, there actually is a real passion among yourself and your colleagues when it comes to horses and flat racing, well, racing in general. Um, you're very much fans of the sport at, at, at Fitstairs in the way that we all are, aren't you? We're mad about it. Uh, I think it's, um, you know, that's probably why we're racing bookmaker of the year, he says, dropping that in. But, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're mad about it. Um, our sports team who look after football and cricket and everything else have to fight very hard to be heard in the office because it's, um, 
it's it's the sport and you know the gambling acts coming up it's being into review next year bookmakers haven't done themselves any favors uh, they've become a victim of their own success and actually what racing reminds us of how gambling should be which is entertaining have you know and uh, there's no point having two horse races have a good field a strong field and have a really fun flutter within your means and that's what it's all about and it's absolutely uh you know we fund the sport what well, we hope we do and uh, and i think it's uh the, the two are symbiotic and it's it's exciting to watch it work properly and i think the rest of the gambling industry needs to learn from how racing bookmakers work very good and, and can we also say then that it, you love racing at fitstairs and also at fitstairs you do things a little bit differently seemingly to other make, uh, bookmakers don't you there's that your own newspaper the Fitzdares Times and well very excitingly this well late summer early autumn you opened the Fitzdares Club tell us more about both well, actually the paper well, actually, and yeah, the club well, well yeah we, the, our newspaper if you're a member of ours you receive a newspaper and it landed yesterday um, and we've had some brilliant articles. In fact, and then the club opened in September, so we have a sports club in Mayfair. So if you just imagine a very smart gentleman's club, but every wall has an enormous Sony HD screen on it, blasting out. I mean, the, we, people come here for their business meetings slash lunches and stay until the racing ends. So um, uh, please pop in if you're a listener. Uh, or everyone's welcome. Uh, it is membership, but just drop us a line. And uh, particularly owners with Charlie and George, we'd love to see them here and cheering on on their horses when they can't get to the races but actually tony for fear of sounding like an advertorial um <laughs> we're the thing uh one of the biggest i think the biggest achievement out of lockdown was creating this honor film um that um uh, honors someone that george knows very well because of course george trained with uh lady cecil uh as assistance trainer i seem to remember and we made um a documentary uh, with some brilliant people helping us, and Toby Jones, the sort of BAFTA-winning actor, doing the voiceover. Uh, but we made a brilliant uh, documentary and advert, which you'll see on Sky Racing at the moment, up until Ascot next week, which was a tribute to Henry Cecil. And uh, it was just wonderful to go through the archive. And I think I, I might have told you we found a piece of footage, which was a, a single camera following Frankel at Champions Day in 2012. Uh, you know, when he fell out, um, fell out, and, and yes. had to work, work, work his way through the field, and it's a single camera, continuous single camera shot, and you can imagine our office it was goosebumps watching that, and then watching, you know, Henry um, in 2012 um, congratulate Frankel, uh, you know, at the Ring at Ascot, and I mean, what an incredible day, and to just have that moment back again for a, a glimpse on, on on TVs and online is is really wonderful tribute to him. What one of racing's greatest stories? Um, without oh, I think that, I think the greatest story, Tony. I'd say I know you're a huge fan, aren't you? Will Let, let's be honest, Henry's yeah. right up there in your list of uh, dream dinner guests, which I should finish off with. Who would your if we were talking about the, the Woodham's uh supper tonight, the Woodham's supper table, who, who would be your dream guest to have along? I'll I give think... you, I'll give you four, oh, including God. Mrs. Uh... W. Okay, well, no, I'd rather not have her. But uh, the, uh, she, she takes up too much of the oxygen. I'm going to say, uh, but tell you one thing, not Stephen Fry. People who say Stephen Fry, I just think that is just idiotic when there's so much better people. Um, I'm going to say Henry Cecil. Um, I'm going to say Eric Morecambe. How could you not have Eric Morecambe for dinner um, from Morecambe yeah. and Wise? Uh, I, who, who, who I, can't, I can't really, I think that's about it. I mean... I could, you suppose you could throw in Nelson Mandela, but I don't know if you get on with Eric, you know, so I don't want to ruin the balance. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I think that could add to the, uh, <laughs> add to the vibe. Fun. 
Add to the um, vibe. So that- who we've got, we've got Henry Cecil, Eric Morgan, Nelson Mandela, um, and let's throw in Salvador Dali. Sorry, a bit male heavy there, but um, but um, well, I'll, they- I'll let you bring Mrs. W for fear that she okay. listens to this and divorces you for you blackballing her. Um, and on to Fitzdare's plans for 2021. What have you got up your sleeves for next year? Um, a very good question. Well, um, lots of exciting things. Um, I think one of the things on the, on the jumps is we're taking over a castle for Cheltenham. We're a bit bored of the old box entertainment. Uh, so no offence to Cheltenham, I'm there later today, so I might get in trouble for saying that. But, um, uh, but we're taking over a castle. But Eastern Castle's half an hour from Cheltenham or five-minute helicopter ride, because that's how Charlie travels, I know. And um, we're taking that over for get, uh, members of the club and they get to stay in a castle, uh, have dinner with a trainer and then come to racing at Cheltenham. So we think that's the perfect solution. And I won't lie to you, Tony, and I've not told this to anyone else, I'd love to sponsor the Derby. I know they're looking for a sponsor. Really? Um, wow. I, think we, I think we would fit perfectly. I'm sure, you know, uh, the offer's on the table for the jockey club. Um, we just think it, we'd love to bring a new element to it, do something exciting with it. I think Investec have done a fantastic job, but it's no surprise that a lot of these big businesses are rethinking the way they do stuff. I know Magna's obviously a, uh, on the jump side of um, are leaving the Gold Cup. And this is an opportunity for a bookmaker who doesn't do adverts that say bet now to step in and do something really interesting, but ultimately uh, make the derby about the, the quality of the horses and that amazing classic season, you know, for three-year-olds and, and, and bring back a bit of the magic maybe to the derby. I'm not saying it's completely lost, but um, we'd love to just, you know, go back to the roots and uh, it's the greatest, should be the greatest days racing on the planet. So and, that's uh, we- exclusive for the podcast there and Fitzdares in bid to sponsor the derby. Absolutely. And uh, I'll say it now, I'll do a hundred grand bonus if Charlie or George win the Derby. I think my money's safe. <laughs> I'm joking. But um, yeah, no, uh, we'd, uh, we'd love to be more involved in some of those prestigious meetings and, and show that bookies don't have to be all about download the app now or bet now or casino or, or Ackers. It could be uh, make it back about racing. Will, we've known that over the last year and a half. We've really enjoyed our working partnership. Let's hope there's more to come. Thank you so much for joining us. And more importantly, thanks so much for supporting us. Thanks, Tony. And have a wonderful Christmas. And for all the listeners, a wonderful New Year. As we all know, long gone are the days when flat racing closed down and trainers spent two or three months away on holiday with the all Weather action here presenting lots of opportunities and Dubai and Saudi, etc., offering superb cars and prize money. Guys, your business is pretty much a 12-month year operation. I know, Charlie, you said it's a little bit quieter uh, now, but uh, can I ask you, what are winter running plans? And in the same breath, fellas, can you, on behalf of Off the Bridal listeners, flag up a horse to follow, maybe even a Christmas festive seasonal bet? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm actually going to have more runners through January and February than I've ever done before because I've got some handicappers who are probably just struggle when the season, uh, when the racing is very competitive, but they're, they're effective on the all weather. And I've just held them back after they've been running well and I've given them a nice break and they're going to run through January and February and try and pick up um, races whilst it's a bit weaker. Um, you know, I think sometimes I've just overfaced those types of horses in the past. I'm just going to give them a chance at that time of year. So we, we'll actually be quite busy for us. Um, horses to follow. I've got some, I've got two really nice on race two-year-olds, a filly called Reverentials, a Lope de, Vill- uh, Lope de Vega filly, and a horse called Melly's Flyer, who's a um, dandy man. So they're definitely worth keeping an eye on. 
And then one sneaky one for the spring. It's a long way away, but I've got a lovely Zofni horse called Tribuna Euphasi. And when he's when he gets handicapping, he he, he he's going to be a fun horse. And Charlie, you did suggest that you were battening down the hatches rather. Um, but will you have horses to run over Christmas and into the new year in the same way that George has certainly got perhaps an all-weather team? Do you know what? I've, I've got a quite a nice little all-weather team. Um, just because because of the way the year panned out, um, missing two months, a lot of the horses haven't had a, a very long year. So a few of the older horses, I'm just going to keep on going, especially if they like the all-weather. And we've got a, we've got a nice little team. Calm went and runs in a fast-track qualifier tomorrow um, for the stairs race. It's a really tough race tomorrow. But... He is as good as I've ever had him. He lost his way after Newcastle. He's had a few physical issues, but he is as good as I've ever had him, I think. I think he's back to the horse that won the Northumberland um, bars. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes in a very, very tough race. A few others, Via Serendipity ran a blinder in the hide. Um, we've got a, bought a couple that um, I like. A filly to watch out for, a filly called Nawafeth that I bought at the, at the sales the other day. She's quite nice, Billy. I've got, I've got a nice little team. Amarillo Star for the sprints. And then obviously Prince of Aaron is going to go to Saudi Arabia. And Perfect Inch is going to go to Dubai. So so there's a couple of excuses to go away to warmer climbs as well, which would be nice. If I was going to highlight one horse, I'm afraid this is a very easy one for me. And that is the apple of my eye, my pride and joy, um, a, a horse called Jewel in the Sun, who ran very well on debut at Newmarket and then picked up an injury. He had to have an operation, but he is now back. He's done a couple of pieces of work and there's a race at Newcastle at the end of the month, which I've just penciled in as a possibility to get him back on a racetrack. And he's very much next year's horse. But the plan is just to get him going on the all-weather, a couple of quiet runs, and hopefully have him in a position where we can aim for something nice in the spring. So, Charlie, that that's your the two-year-old that's the, the one you're most excited about going into winter quarters or just a horse that you, you think we should follow? No, so he's a three-year-old. He's a three-year-old who picked up an injury in the spring. So he's very much an old, a sort of a, a very... Well, he's got a similar profile to a two-year-old, run once, but he's actually three but one to look out for the two-year-old that I'd say to um, keep an eye on uh, the two of them, um, two fillies, the dream who won on debut at Newcastle. Um, I like her. I desperately hope she stays a mile. Um, Cause if she does, she's very smart. And the other one to keep an eye on is a filly of Mr. Oppenheimer's called Mary gold, who was fifth on debut at Kempton. Really nice eye-catching run. Dropped out, motored home. She is a big, big girl and she could be a very, very nice filly next year. So they would be my two two two-year-olds to follow. George, um, two-year-olds that will sustain you through the long, cold months uh, that you're excited about as we head into winter quarters? Obviously, George, there's only one horse. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie's namesake. Charlie Fellows has returned from his winter break looking looking good and he'll obviously coming off the back of winning his last three starts um he'll be aimed at the all-weather championship so you know he's certainly one to look forward to um looking at the opposition that ran in the all-weather qualifier the other day you know he'll be right in the mix and um you know if he takes a step forward he's going to be a really fun um three-year-old sprinter as we all know and george scott 
comes back into you when, Charlie? Straight after New Year. He'll come back in first week of New Year. So they're, they're both, they're both going to be flying the flag. That's the 2020 syndicate horses uh, covered. Um, boys, we're back in business again, aren't we? Off the Bridle 2 is uh, now available. Shares are out there and it's going fast. Tell us a little bit about those horses that have joined your respective stables and whether there's a name for either of them or what's the latest there? Yeah, no, I'm delighted with my horse, a Dabrism horse. He's, he really is. He's plenty of horse for 20 grand. Um, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's cantering away. And he looks a really good, solid type. Um, I'm really, really pleased with his progress. Um, no names yet. I have pushed a few names over to my honourable friend, but he keeps rejecting them. So he must tie them down at some point. Charlie, you're, you're half of this latest podcast syndicate. The only names George suggests are one that are derogatory towards me. So that's why I, that's why they will. <laughs> tell, tell us about the R dad. Come on, Charlie. Yeah, Dad, she's good. She's an absolute sweetheart. She's been so straightforward. She's been doing lots of cantering on the grass and looks really, really nice. Nice athletic filly. She's strong. She's a two-year-old through and through. As I said, we wanted to really play to my strengths as a trainer and as an excellent trainer of two early two-year-olds. That's what we were decided to buy. And she'll be, hopefully, should be very, uh, yeah, she's a real nice sort of, should be quick. And I like her. She's got very good mind and is settled in beautifully. Still sound, all four legs in one piece. So um, I couldn't recommend her higher. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, George, the whole point of this syndicate, okay, yes, we've managed to land on a good horse, which was which is great and what we obviously both wanted. And hopefully George Scott will come good in time. But we really, really, really wanted to make use of the podcast and to have it as a, as a, as a social um, syndicate as well and do some events, etc. which sadly we were not able to do this year. But that is the plan. And as long as COVID allows, hopefully we can have some events, do some live podcasts, do some evenings, do some yard visits, and it'll be a really, really enjoyable syndicate to be part of, which we haven't been able to do this year. And let's be honest, the, we met the first syndicate uh, members la- at the end of last year and some great people involved in the Off the Bridle syndicate. They're fun, aren't they, with some lovely people. It's a real opportunity to enjoy racing at, uh, at a cost that is, is achievable for people, isn't it? Definitely. 100%. Lovely people, good fun. And, um, you know, I think it's been a great success. And I know the majority of them have come back in for the second syndicate. So, you know, that has to be a good sign. And uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. And yeah, but I guess we just wish each other, a, well, wish you both a happy Christmas and um, we'll catch up over the new year. George, when is Polly due? Um, well, she's, she's due imminently. We're, she's going up, we're going up to London tomorrow and she's going to set up camp there. And I think, look, that's what the doctor wants her to do. So, you know, and it could be next week, could be the week after, before Christmas. God, Christmas it could be a very, very long Christmas for you, couldn't it, Sunshine? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, it'll be a damn sight longer if they're still in. They'll be better out, I can assure you. And Charlie, this is going to be your son Jack's first Christmas as well, isn't it? Uh, and your first also at Bedford House in terms of being in the, the premises, is that right? Yeah, so we're having Christmas at home. We're having all of my wife's um, family up. We decorated the tree yesterday and uh, Jax hasn't pulled it down yet on top of him, which is a result. 
but it'd be really nice. Like, he's a bit young. He's the, all the colours and everything are, are you know fun to him, but he doesn't have a clue what's going on. But it's um, it's going to be lovely. Looking forward to Christmas and hopefully the beginning of a much more enjoyable year for everyone involved. That's us done. We're planning to be back in the spring, but if you can't wait until then, there's almost 30 past episodes with star guests as varied as Jack Whitehall, Charlie Austin, James Doyle and Mark Johnson to dip into and sustain you over the next couple of months. Chaps, a last word. Happy Christmas to you all. A happy Christmas and I hope you have a lovely new year and we'll speak to you in the spring. Until the spring then, thanks to producer Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. Thanks to top trainers George Scott and Charlie Fellows. To one and all, Merry Christmas and all the best for 2021.